Talk to me. It's morning time, Monday, agenda. Let's talk to Marcus Mabry, associate national editor for our partner, the New York Times, in the studio once again. Good morning, Marcus. Good morning. And Charlie Herman, economics editor for The Takeaway on WNYC Radio, also in the studio. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Uh, Charlie, this week's going to be all about what? Uh, the election. The election. <laughs> Smart. Uh, Marcus Mabry, this, this week's going to be all about what, in your view? Momentum. Well, let's talk about momentum. I think that's actually a fair uh, way to begin here. The, the the Republicans are saying momentum is with them. They're going to win the House. They're talking about possibly the Senate. Democrats are saying, no, in fact, they've peaked. Momentum's going to shift. How do you uh, sort of decipher what the possibilities are here? Because the polls are all over the map. Well, usually at this point in the race, and you know, we're just barely a week out, you'd be watching uh, where the money goes because there's lots of bluster in the world of politics. But to watch the money, you'll actually see where you know, people actually – the money matters a lot more than what people's mouths say. And so at this point, we'd be watching which races are – is one or the other side pulling out of. So there are lots of places where Republicans have placed bets, lots of money, lots of ad buys. In districts that we thought – that everyone thought, political analysts thought uh, the Democrats were relatively safe – uh, so that looked like Republican bravado. Well, does that money stay or does that money leave at this point? If that money stays, that means Republicans really believe those districts are in play that were not previously in play. And we're talking about more than 100 races at this point. This is a, a historic figure of volatility out there. Um, usually, again, that money would be you know, retrenching to places where they, either side really thought they had a chance of winning the seat. However, this time – it may be a different final week of a campaign. And, and the, that's because of these outside groups, uh, lots of them funded with money that's anonymous, uh, that the Supreme Court allows to be anonymous. So the takeaway there is there's interior volatility in the electorate itself, and then there's volatility being added to the system by all this money on the outside. Let me just give Absolutely. you two races, okay? Mm-hmm. Fine gold, safe or not? He looks relatively safe. Looks relatively safe. Meg Whitman going to be repudiated by Jerry Brown or not? Two-digit lead by Jerry Brown. Repudiated. That's a, that's a mm. big word, repudiated. She, she may well lose. I don't even know if that means she's repudiated. It's going to be interesting to see because the Republicans are going to keep pressing because these outside groups and millions of dollars and a coordinated effort by these third-party outside Republican groups where they're going to actually keep money flowing even to races where they probably cannot win. We have never seen that before in politics. It's going to make for an incredibly interesting week and probably for even a greater Republican Mm -hmm. wave, probably. One can't know for sure because we still, again, it's about momentum. Will the Democratic constituency core groups, young people, African-Americans, women, and to some extent, will they come out? Will we see life in those Democratic core constituencies this week? Those are the questions. And are they in the decisive districts or are they in places where the Democrats are already safe. You notice Marcus Mabry's word was momentum, not repudiation. Charlie Herman, so in the, the and notion... mine was not oh, economy, mine was in, election. So uh, <laughs> thinking about the election, we've got some stats uh, this week that are probably going to end up in campaign commercials. The GDP number comes out this week and also uh, housing numbers, uh, one particularly this, on foreclosures and uh, explain We're just getting a ton of information this week yep. about the housing market in September. We get existing home sales today. We get home prices tomorrow. We get new home sales on Wednesday and I think what this does is just sort of keep this issue of housing in the news. Uh, if you look at foreclosures, I was trying to come up with a list of all the investigations. You've got attorneys general. You've got HUD, the Justice Department, the SEC. You've got uh, the, 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 the body that oversees Fannie and Freddie are also looking into this as well. Congress is talking about hearings, lawsuits, institutional investors. I mean, it just doesn't go away, right, so this issue. So there's the political uptake, but let's decode the whole housing thing. New Existing home sales is going to be a sign of the, the, the recession. Well, the thing about it is it's going to most likely look better than it has, which is perhaps a good sign, and people may seize on that. The problem is it comes off of some lows that we had from the summer that were the worst in 15 years. So if they're not better, that's really bad news for, especially the, the, the incumbents. New home sales is a 
gauge of the construction industries and the extent to which jobs can be created. In Again, a slight increase, but at levels that are so low, it's not even sort of keeping up with population growth. A lot of people are still renting and living with others. GDP growth or no? It'll be up from where it was before, but it, will it be enough? I mean, it'll be perhaps the fifth quarter of positive growth, but it's still, you know, as one person was saying, it, what's the adjective you're going to put? Sluggish, slow, uh, not strong yeah. enough. Like, what's what's there? And so I'm sure the Obama administration will highlight that right before the election, but maybe too late. And the foreclosures are a grenade with the pin in it or the pin out of it? At this I think point. the pin is in it. And the question is, how explosive is it, even if you pull it out? Uh, it, it sort of I sometimes feel like this is the subprime crisis again, where people saying, oh, this isn't going to blow up into that big of a deal. It's very self-contained. And they may be right. But what if they're not? A wild card, exactly. In East Asia, the uh, agenda really is going to be set in foreign affairs. And with all of the sort of currency discussions last week, that's going to be taken up again as East Asian leaders get together. What's going on there, Marcus? Well, there's massive, massive pressure from, from everywhere at this point, from the West and to some extent from China's uh, Asian partners as well, uh, for the Chinese to, to, to let their currency appreciate, uh, increase in value so they're less competitive, uh, their exports so that other countries' exports are more competitive. Uh, that's one story. I, I think it's a relatively small story. Story. Really, I think the biggest story of seeing ASEAN, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, and the East Asian Forum get together uh, without the U.S. necessarily involved is the fact that increasingly we're going to see – we used to see this double polar world uh, in Asia. It was China on one side and Japan with the U.S. either behind it literally or, or behind it figuratively on the other side of the table. This time we're starting to see a world in which there is no other pole in Asia except for China. That's a question. See how many – how much the other countries recognize that and how much China – uh, makes it very clear that they are the only pole in Asia now, and we're looking at an increasingly a bipolar world, and it's China on one side, ruling Asia, and the U.S. on the other. That's a huge takeaway. ASEAN used to be the organization that got together to talk at China. Now right. it's China leading it, but there's China... Japan tension in there. So there's kind of a mini poll. What do you make of that? Well, I, I think what we're going to see, I think we saw it with, with this uh, whole debate over taking of this uh, boat captain the Japanese did and finally relented when China demanded so. And we saw China use strategic minerals as a weapon against Japan, uh, export of Chinese strategic minerals to Japan for stuff using really mm-hmm. important things like cell phones uh, and, and, and wind uh, turbines. I think we're going to see, again, China ascendant and Japan really not an issue. And, and really quickly on, yep, the, on, that, on the foreign currency issue, I mean, we see these constant meetings and there's never really any decision. It's a lot of talk, and I, yeah. I think that goes to and the power of China right. in, in many regards. Installing, in being able to stall. Two quick corrections to both of you. Juan Williams fired by NPR last week. Does that story continue this week, or does it die? Charlie? I think it continues. Yes, it continues. It continues. And finally, uh, it, it's true that boy fashions are much more boring than girl fashions. If you're buying clothes for little kids, you uh, my, have this issue 11, in your... My 11-month-olds are ridiculously cute, and they're both boys. All right. So and their clothes are fabulous. Why are uh, men's I think clothing some so bit, boring? What about... I, I think for pets, they're uh, very cute Halloween clothes out there. <laughs> Look, that was the best dodge I've ever heard of, of a... That of was a pretty dang good. That was pretty darn good. There's your agenda. Charlie Herman of WNYC and uh, Takeaway National Editor and Charlie... Uh, and Marcus Mabry, National Editor for our partner, The New York Times. There's your agenda. This is Ira Flato, host of Science Friday. For over 30 years, the Science Friday team has been reporting high-quality science and technology news, making science fun for curious people by covering everything from the outer reaches of space to the rapidly changing world of AI to the tiniest microbes in our bodies. Audiences trust our show because they know we're driven by a mission to inform and serve listeners first and foremost 
with important news they won't get anywhere else. And our sponsors benefit from that halo effect. For more information on becoming a sponsor, visit sponsorship.wnyc.org.